Welcome to Two Slant Trees, the podcast where a married couple go through a book together. Uh, if you're new here, we are going through The Pure Pleasure by Gary Thomas with the subtitle that says, Why do Christians feel so bad about feeling good? So today we are on chapter 10 and we're going to cover chapter 10 and 11. So chapter 10 is called Dangerous Pleasures. And chapter 11 is The Cost of Pleasure. So, um... Willie, do you have any dangerous pleasures? Um, do I? I don't think so. I'm, I'm, <laughs> we might have to talk about our minivan later on, but <laughs> I'm just at that phase of life That's where there's not a lot of danger in my life right now. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, there's not much of anything in our lives these Other days. Other than COVID. That's a danger. That's danger. Not remotely not pleasurable. pleasurable. <laughs> Although basically I've, anything that fun could get you COVID at that's this true. point. Yes. Anything that's, yeah. Like, you know, seeing people. Skydiving. Singing with other people. Oh, yeah. Skydiving probably wouldn't actually get you COVID. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. It's maybe one of the safer options. Yeah. So note that down. Did you do anything fun this week? Uh, yeah, I mean, what, what can we do? I feel like I mentioned this last week. We went skating, but we went to Parc La Fontaine, which is a nice. big, big park in Montreal, and it's got this huge lake. Not a huge lake; it has a lake. Yes, uh, I think it. Are, I guess probably it's technically a pond, yeah. but they call it a lake because it's in a park. And they're French. Is there a French word for pond? Etang. Etang. I think so. Etang. Anyways, um, the it's it's big. And it was a beautiful sunny day, and it was cold. So the ice was good. Yeah. And I, when I took the boy, I kind of dragged our obviously our whole family. To I go. did not want to go. I was like, oh, do I have to go? But I was so enthusiastic about it that the boys really loved it. Oh, they no, they loved it. Jack was so excited. He's like, "Wow, we're skating on real water." <laughs> He's like, "It's so big." Yeah. Yeah. But they are like, I was telling them about the Ottawa Canal. I was like, "We're gonna do that next year." Yeah. It should be interesting with Timmy, but we'll just skate with him in the stroller. So, yeah. Um, I yeah, talked to someone, fun. though. I mentioned that, and someone who's lived in Montreal for a long time, and they said they'd never done it before. Skating? On, or... on, on at Parc La Fontaine. Okay. Um, then okay. they said it, it's like a poor man's canal. Like like the Ottawa Canal is like the original. And yeah. Parc La Fontaine is like a, a poor imitation. It's true. I, I, I like... assume that the Montreal Park was actually the original. Because the Ottawa Canal so, was actually being used as like a an actual canal. <laughs> canal, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I still think like I think the Ottawa Canal is like a quintessentially like what you what got to do it. Like my sister in law, who's American, she said peak Canadian. She's like, wow, that looks peak Canadian. <laughs> I was like, we'll take you to peak Canadian until you see Winterlude. <laughs> Winterlude, which is quite wow. the name. What's, yeah, what is it. up with these uh, winter events? Anyways. So yeah, that was fun. We've been trying to have fun in a pandemic. We're trying to keep keep attitudes up and spirits up. So by doing you... things other than arguing on the internet, which is <laughs> literally the only thing we can do right now. And it is post after there's curfew. so many opportunities. Oh, so many. Or to get mad about stuff. So yeah. but so the dangerous pleasures. It basically talks about pleasures that have a potential danger as dangerous yes. aspect to yeah. it. So not, which is not things like skydiving. No, or, it's like things yeah. like. Anything that you'd want to do during the pandemic. Drinking, watching TV, eating too oh, much. Oh, yeah, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, that's maybe a weird way of putting it, but we'll take it. I mean, well, it's the reality of the situation. Yeah. So, yeah, things that have some level of, like, kind of risk to them. Yeah. Like, and, like, 
like negative risk. Like skating actually has risk. You can fall down, but that's like... Get a concussion. But that's like... I don't know. It feels like good risk, whereas the risk of like becoming addicted to alcohol is like there's no there's no good story that comes from that. Not really. Right? Or stitches, you know. It, All that, guys think there's a good story with yeah. that. Yeah. So he starts off the chapter giving this great like story about this long, like wonderful meal when he was in Cape Town. And there was like all kinds of like appropriate, or it was an appropriate amount of wine throughout the whole meal. And he just said it was a beautiful day and it was just so nice. Mm -hmm. And he thought it sad that some people would find that horrifying and not at all a possibility of pleasure because there was wine present. Mm -hmm. Um, Examples and some stories of like, you know, um, pleasureful things like eating and you know enjoying wine or whatever he also you know i mean we've talked about this throughout the whole book like most pleasures have a limit that can go where it can go yeah a bit too far right yeah so he like says food you can overeat yeah or... um uh so he says what does all this mean to truly enjoy potentially dangerous pleasures without becoming their slave we need to submit to a god greater than our pleasure hmm. um and he points out that pleasure, I thought this was one of the most, the probably the, the most interesting part of the chapter, that pleasure has power, um, but that God made it that way. And like, as a result, and I think this is re- related to the, like the dangerousness of, when he talks about pleasure as being dangerous, kind of reminded me of that, um, like the way C.S. Lewis talks about um, Aslan, hmm. you know, like as a lion, like, is he safe? no but he's good you know like yeah that these these pleasures like you know they're they're they have, they have a dangerous element to them but that doesn't mm. mean we have to be afraid of them it just means we need to address them with reverence you know yeah. just like a lion you know yeah we don't live in a tame world so there is risk. yeah there's risk mm. and so but like we can set ourselves up for success in the same ways we can set ourselves up for failures with some of these things and so he um, he talks like he goes through each of them like you know and he actually spends quite a lot of time actually on on um, talking about alcohol specifically you know he, he says like he doesn't actually he hates beer he rarely drinks wine you know um, so he feels like he's not at all invested in the debate except for um, he says there's good reason to drink and <laughs> I think it's a really, like, I think he deals with it very well. Um, you know, he, he, I, I think it's probably the, one of the better parts of the whole book. Um, in that, but we won't go into it too much. Yeah. Doing two chapters tonight. <clears throat> I want to pull out one thing here of like, uh, from G.K. Chesterton, because it's, he's just a good writer. Yeah. And this, and is, under, funny. this is under the heading, the next heading that talks about addiction phobia that Christians can have. Yeah, well, I think, I don't know, maybe anyone can, you know, like, oh, I don't want to be, I don't know. I think Christians care more about not wanting to be mastered. Mastered by anything, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're tired, we're yawning over here. Anyways, uh, G.K. Chesterton, he, um, you know, that, uh, that there is a good use for things like even alcohol or, yeah, or sex or or whatever. Um, He says the, the sound rule in the matter would appear to be like many other sound rules, a paradox. Drink because you are happy, but never because you are miserable. Never drink when you are wretched without it, or you will be like the gray-faced gin drinker in the slum. 
but drink when you would be happy without it, and you will be like the laughing peasant of Italy. Never drink because you need it, for this is rational drinking, and the way to death and hell. But drink because you do not need it, for this is irrational drinking and the ancient health of the world. And so, I don't know, just like kind of that emphasis on freedom, mm -hmm. right? That like um, <clears throat> some of the things that are, are dangerous, you know, the, yeah, like I think that we're rightfully cautious around. Yeah. We need to recognize when we're, we only approach them from freedom, I guess. Yeah. Right. Of like, yeah, the, the moment where you're like, oh, I really need a drink mm -hmm. is the moment when you actually really, really don't, don't, really yeah. don't need a drink. Or yeah, <clears throat> of uh, is it because you're sad or what was the I need a great word there, of yeah of rational drinking, that's like yeah that's uh, that sounds risky rational drinking it's like I will have this amount of alcohol and this will solve this many of my problems <laughs> it's like that seems like yeah. uh, not uh, like a really bad idea <laughs> yeah and well they talk a bit about like you know having wine with a meal with friends and I feel like that has always been some of the best the best times. Is mm. just like hanging out, you know, on somebody's back deck or in their backyard and just having a real like summer meal that kind of goes on. And anyways, oh, I want the winter, I want the winter to be over. <laughs> I want to be able to go to people's houses. Yes. Inside people's houses. <laughs> or it. even, even just to their backyard. That would be, yeah. I mean, we probably could, but we don't have anybody. We don't know people with backyards these days. Uh, I checked. You can't. Oh, yeah. Gosh. You can go to a park. Ugh. But. So, um, now you know. Uh, so he says, like, just after that quote, he, he writes, rather than not this, sorry, this is Gary Thomas. Rather than absolutely denying his pleasure, God gives us the ability to enjoy dangerous pleasures within the appropriate boundaries. And David Pallison provides a helpful list when such pleasures verge on becoming dangerous threats. So here's, here's a few of the list, the list, all that gets obsessive. So am I always thinking about it? All that gets impulsive. Let's just do it. All that gets compulsive, I can't help doing it. All that gets cancerous, so expanding out of control and devouring. And all that gets mutant, unstable, restless, bizarre, inhumane, and dehumanizing. Hmm. I think that's like, it's, it's a pretty helpful guideline. Yeah. And then, very evocative. Is it cancerous? <laughs> yeah. Is it mutant? Like, uh, yeah. But he but also... But you kind of recognize when things have done that. Yeah, yeah they can go, go weird. And then he, he kind of gives an ex example for... For Christians, he says, like, faced with pleasure-loving, don't react with pinched and sour asceticism. Christian faith, the redemption of our humanness, is a radical third way. It's the same alter It's the same alternative both to self-indulgence and to fussy religiosity. Hmm. So I appreciate that he, like, talks about that third way, that we don't need to be, like, a teetotaler. And we don't need to be, you know, like the person who's bringing way too much alcohol to a party because they can, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because just just we're free to do it doesn't mean it's like yeah. there's all we always need to. Yeah. I wonder if that ties into, like, of, like, he kind of contrasts that, like, I'm curious, the age of the people that are listening, that there's a switch that goes from, like, some of the excesses of youth are lust-driven. Yeah. But then the excesses of uh, adulthood <laughs> are gluttony-driven. Yeah. He, he, of, like... What is it? This is horrible, horrible used, good line of like where like sometimes food becomes your only friend as you get older. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, um, yeah, where it's like, oh, that's what I will go to for 
comfort or whatever it's like well i'll just have a, a bag of chips or a, a pop or something you know yeah no he actually said that that's actually augustine like he went from he after, like god delivered him as a young man from a daily battle with lust and then he struggled even more with gluttony in his older years which i was a little surprised by because i haven't read augustine but he sounds like a very lustful individual mm. um yeah he, he was a quirky dude in a lot of ways yeah that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Quirky church fathers. Is that like hashtag weird Christian Twitter? Yeah. I was reading a bit about that today. Um, so, yeah, that's like, I mean, more or less what he covers in this chapter. Um, like, yeah. All right, let's see. Um, what are some of these questions? Um, yeah, so here, Willie... If a certain pleasures are dangerous, why even risk engaging in them? Wouldn't it be safer to just avoid them altogether? Um, and he does address this, like, in the talk about wine. He's like, yeah, there are absolutely certain contexts when, you know, it is wise to completely abstain. You know, <coughs> if you have a family history of alcoholism or there was alcohol-related abuse in your childhood or, you know, things like this. It's like, yeah, of course it would make sense for you to abstain and that's good and fine. Yeah. But does does it mean everybody should abstain always because of the hint of the possibility of... Well, I think it's... It, yeah, I think avoiding risk is sometimes a bit misguided, right? Don't do things that are wrong. But the fact that something is risky... is like we, There's is just risky. nothing without... Loving you hasn't been risky. That's what you think, no? <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I don't know either. That's a, that's just a weird. Well, sentence. no, I think it is. It, love is always risky because you know I'm the one who could hurt you the most. Not that I would, hurt but it's the like <laughs> the first yeah, cut is so... the deepest. <laughs> Sorry, um, I, inter- I interrupted your line of thinking. That just risk is not necessarily to be avoided, right? Yeah. Like doing bad things. Be don't avoided. do bad things yeah. but like the risk of just kind of that second degree of separation is really like what just kind of really messes you up because it's like yeah. well maybe you should be like three levels away from it yeah that's and like where don't it even gets to be don't even like go crazy. in the grocery store that sells alcohol yeah. and go to a grocery store that only sells things that don't get you fat this and actually, he talks about actually john calvin talks about that right in this chapter there's a lot of good quotes in this chapter we didn't want to just read all the quotes because that's what but i've been calvin, doing <laughs> john calvin he's like well if you're not gonna have like a a linen handkerchief are you gonna be okay to have one made out of like i don't know steel wool and then maybe you should just <laughs> use your arm instead you know it's like wow john calvin's like a bit more uh I, I, I yeah sassy many, many sassy church fathers after yes. after we get uh, the weirdos spurgeon is pretty much my favorite I think, yeah i think he comes up in the, he next, comes in the next one we, so we will next one is spend spend the money you cheapos right what's the title of it no it's called the cost of pleasure yes and basically it's just saying Often you have to have spend money to have enjoyable experiences. Yeah, that is basically the summary. And, um, then, and it, but it's also like you know, to each his own in the way that they choose to send, spend that money to make their life enjoyable. Um, and he does he does certainly address you know like he has this whole section on like you know rich Christians in the age of hunger and like you know yeah. stewardship. But um, yeah, and this is like. I think it has to be taken in, in light of like what he, a couple chapters earlier, talked about like pleasure is accentuated by going without a little bit. Like the, it's fasting that makes the feasting pleasant. Yeah. And so it's like, he's not like saying super just be, indulgent. Yeah, be super indulgent or gluttonous. 
but he, like just acknowledging that like just things cost money yeah. you know and and i mean just kind of pointing out like he has different stories of like where he could like be really snarky or someone was difficult with him because he had a starbucks coffee but he's like well your car is expensive but he's like he never said that, yeah but... he was like he knew enough not to say that and so yeah. to recognize that like the different things that people choose and judge each other for yeah certainly or the, like, the cycle of judging is yeah quite excessive but um like you have to work that out in your own heart too. Yeah. Of like, oh, this is actually worth it to, to spend some yeah. money or to. One of the the biggest things that he explains is, you know, he's like, you can't read me my books or know me without knowing that I just love Starbucks, you know, and he he um talks about how he like daily goes to Starbucks, and you know he worked it out and realized, you know what, like this is something I just really love and I enjoy, and he's like, I love my daily vacations to Starbucks. So that means that, yeah, it's going to, it does cost money, you know, like he kind of did the math and he's like, it might cost me, what did he say? Um, yeah, he's like, oh, three or four dollars, you know, you know, I read that if you buy a latte every day, it'll end up you costing $12,000 in 10 years time. And he's like, oh, that sounds like a good investment, you know, <laughs> like they thought, you know, the, he said he, cause he, did, he doesn't, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't drink really like. He's not spending. He like he drives inexpensive vehicles. Like he lives a pretty like low budge lifestyle. Yeah. Um, but that's just something that he decided that like it was good for his soul, and so he does it, and he does it unapologetically. Um, but like you know, some people you know he gave yeah, the example you said where he was being picked up by somebody with like a fifty thousand dollar vehicle, and. You know, they're kind of like, well, shouldn't you give that Starbucks money to the poor? And he was just like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, like, you know, it's just the, the way that people choose to, to live, you know, like he can have his Starbucks and that's fine. And they can spend their money on their vehicle and that's fine. And he's just going to drive the cheaper vehicle. Yeah. And that's like just something he's made peace with. Um, yeah, that's one example. Yeah. Of- I think he's honest, too, though. Like he's like, I don't know that he doesn't have all the answers. And I think no. that's helpful, too, of like. Some things do just feel very expensive and, you know, living in first world country or like, yeah, man, like there's, you could spend that money on something else. Yeah. Um, address, yeah, but. And it's not I think bad knowing that you what do, you're spending your spend, money on yeah. and, and why and then what it, what it's getting for you and. Because I think, because yeah. he says like, he gave this example of how, um, you know, they never did big vacations. I mean, pro- like they couldn't really afford it. He's, you know, on like a strict ministry budgets like and um i guess this is before he was famous maybe is, is gary thomas famous he's i mean i've published several books and he's I a speaker and stuff yeah. but um he you know his kids through high school and college like they're just going all kinds of different directions <laughs> and then finally one day he was just like we're all we're going on a family vacation you know he, he took them to hawaii and he said he could not believe how good it was and how nice it was for him to put an ocean between everyone else and his family hmm. because anytime they tried to do something on a weekend they'd be like oh you know my friend's doing this thing can i do that you know and it was just hmm. there was all these interruptions into their family life and so he learned from that like not to take everybody to buy every year but like that they needed a set time to spend together and that's how like annual family vacations became a thing for their yeah. family and he regretted not doing it earlier 
but the the uh, obstacle was the cost. Yeah. Um, and I think some people it's the financial cost. Other people it's the like time cost. You know, they don't want to give up the time to go and yeah, do something. Yeah, t- setting it up or dealing with the details or yeah, or yeah, being able to afford it. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah, but to know that that yeah, it's actually. That is a good use of money to, yeah. to celebrate, to enjoy time with the people that are important to you. To be and to, yeah, and, and to recognize like the things that are actually a gift from God in your life. Yeah, and he says like, um, he's like, um, let's not be like the disciples. <laughs> let's be like the prostitute. <laughs> like he gave the example of um, Mary who poured was it Mary who poured out the. The perfume. Yeah, on Jesus' feet. And I mean, it's a different context a little bit, but he said, like, let's splurge for the sake of the powerful and godly affection. Uh, pleasure comes with cost, but sometimes the benefit warrants the expense. And, like, he does talk about, it's like, you know, God enjoys our enjoyment, you know? Mm. And I think he delights in seeing families enjoy each other. That's kind of what he's getting at a little bit. Um, but what was the quote that you, you liked from, from this one? Oh yeah, no, it was just like, so I guess there was, he tells a story about, it was, um, um, the story about, was it Spurgeon and the train? Oh, yeah. So, um, Spurgeon was caught getting like near, like standing near the first class area of the to train. Get on the train, yeah. And this other guy's like, oh, you're, you're going first class. And he's like, I am. And the other guy's, well, I'm going coach because I am taking care of the Lord's resources. And Spurgeon's like, oh, that's good. I'm taking care of the Lord's servant. <laughs> and, he, you know, that was part of his ta- discussion about like. Super sassy. You know, if you're. Calvin and Spurgeon. Sass. Kings, kings of king, sass. King sass. Um, that like, you know, if you're traveling for ministry, like it's not the end of the world to like, you know, take care of yourself a little bit. But obviously you need to steward your resources. It's a mix, you know, as long as. I don't know. What can I say? If you have a good conscience about it, consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Conscience. That's I think I think it's just good that he's kind of like staking out like that often these things are actually worth it. Yeah. You know, and he's not being didactic and saying, well, you have to take these vacations. It's like, yeah, people can decide like they have cheaper tastes or yeah. like a more Like we like camping yeah. and, and that works for our family. And, yeah. and it might not be as simple like, you know, this summer when we have two kids and a, you know, or like three kids, one of them is a two-year-old, you know, it gets maybe a bit crazier to be putting up tents, but, um, but yeah, but I, I mean, obviously this chapter ties in with the rest of the whole book, which is talking about enjoying, like you said, um, feast and feasting and, 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 and not fasting. famine, <laughs> fasting, um, you know, the balance of how pleasure can actually be the solution to some of our anxieties and some of our life concerns and our like downcastness. Yeah. And so it's like, it's okay. Take the vacation, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. As long as it's not completely irresponsible. Like, or frugality, frugality shouldn't be suffering. Maybe <laughs> it's like the, the, uh, like it's probably good to. I don't know. I think just naturally I have a value for like for being frugal or being cheap or whatever. But that's recognize that's maybe more personality than actually spirituality. But Well, for you, I think it's more like because you want to like you have no problem spending money on certain things. Yeah. Like you're generous in gifts to me. 
Um, I can give you three children, Jess. So, so frugal of us. <laughs> so generous. Um, but, but like, in other ways, you, you just, you don't see the point in wasting the $3 and the $4 and the $5 here that I'm perfectly fine oh, with yeah. wasting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's just $3. And you're like, that's $503. Is. <laughs> Literally. But you, you are, are going to bring up their van, right? Yeah, because it's, well, particularly in the pandemic... Our pain. Dodge Caravan. I, I love this vehicle because it's very practical. Yes. But we put like so few kilometers on it. And then it got hit by a snowplow the other day. How many kilometers are on there right now? Uh, 160. Asked, okay. I was like, I'm like, I don't know, like a lot, probably 200,000. No, only 160,000. So it's getting, getting up there. But um, it's kind of to the point where it's like, oh. It's hideous. Well. It's not also, hitting. we park on the street. It's, it's a very dirty, a very it, dirty street. In the middle of winter, obviously, there's a lot of dust and grit on the road, so it just yeah, gets like encased always, in dirt. Yeah. So, well, when we fix the dent, we'll just say wash the car, dude, yeah. and that'll be as much bring add as much value to it. But if that feels like a tension, where it's like, well, it works just fine. It works fine. like the air conditioning works and the radio works. Yeah. That feels very important. The brakes work. Yes. Yeah, it goes and it stops, but it's kind of getting a little. It is a little ugly. I'm not sure. Is it the nah, ugly? I think it, like we, it's just fine, but it's the part is the, the fact is that we are like on our street, we're parking in between Lexuses, Lexi, Audis, like we get the occasional Tesla, you know, I pull up at, at school and it's like, we're just at a regular public school up the street, but then again, there's Lexuses. And well, the way just, our street works is that as you go uphill, the it, value gets, it gets more yes. valuable. But so that's I, actually pretty standard in Montreal, though, right? The higher you go up the mountain, the, anyways. Whoa! Didn't well, I guess I never put that together. But. Um, but and it's they, but it works fine for us. Down but, their noses. At us. <laughs> well, it's kind of how it is. Um, it's a perfectly good vehicle, serviceable vehicle, and you can fit four kids. I guess five, five. total. And and a sheet of well, not and a sheet of trial, not at the same time. But you can put a sheet of plywood in. For uh, various whatever plywood needs you have, you have you you're still planning more children. <laughs> oh yeah. Ugh. Um. But it's ugly. It's ugly. <laughs> and I'm like, so I'm like, should we get a new one? But it's like we actually don't use it that frequently because we live in the city, so we walk to school. Well, I and I use it several to- a few I guess. times. A I week. drive it like once a week, so I'm just oh, and, and I, I don't actually have to look at it because it's parked on the street, but it's yeah. parked at a few houses down. I don't have to look at and it, and nobody needs to know it's ours. I think people know they it's all ours. know it's ours. <laughs> We're the only one with three kids on Dragging the street. Kids out, all but the time. <laughs> but we kind of okay when we bought this, we bought this right before Teddy was born, so like. Yeah. Um, four years ago almost four and a half years ago and you know knowing that cars kind of last a long time so about used maybe a bit older but it didn't have a lot of miles on it it kilometers a good amount i don't know but it's like because i knew i'd get sick of it yeah that's the thing you're like i need the novelty he wanted to drive this thing to the ground but he knew he would never be able to do it and if i got it new because i'd just be like so sick of it after five years even a new one so neat yeah, oh yeah, for sure. So you're just like, there's this weird part of you that just needs just a like, change. Just need something different. Because so. it's perfectly fine. It's not like anything is broken in it that's really annoying. Although well, our door annoying, handles There's are annoying not, things that are broken. The door handles don't always And I'm waiting for latch. a warm day so I can fix it. No, they latch. If They you, shut safely if they don't open nicely. No, they open fine now, but what happens is that the handle stays stuck out. So you have to push the handle oh, back back. on both of them. They can, it can be fixed. 
yeah. our children are not in danger. But um, yeah, so we were coming on the five year mark. I mean, Willie, this is cheaper than flipping houses every five years. Yes. No, well, I don't know. Is it? Well, I don't know. We've got <laughs> to hold up for discussion it, of, of whether you're accumulating wealth by your things or if it's just expenses. Yeah. So. But it's also like for we're at the point with a vehicle. It's like we either got to resell this thing now or we got to just choose to just, just drive the killing it. Yeah. Drive Maybe do a new paint ground. job. Have the kids do a paint job and then I can just really own it that it. The family mobile. If the kids do the paint job. Oh yeah. Like, what does that mean? They just get out spray cans and oh, <laughs> we just make a scene on the street. <laughs> I think we. I would be fun. It would just look like we got tagged. But I do feel like kind of convinced that uh, if we do a road trip, we'll just rent a car. So I'm have, like leather seats or something and be fancy. Okay, whatever oh. you say, we sweetheart. You too, sweetheart. Um, but so, I think what I have to say about these chapters is I think these are the two best chapters in the book. For me, mm, I really yeah. enjoyed the cost of pleasure, partly because it's like patted me on the back about some of the things that I like to, to do and spend my money on. But it also like kind of calmed some of my own anxieties about like just, you know, as you know, he gave some examples. Like, I think as missionaries in ministry, like there's a lot of money judgment. Or, or perceived money judgment mm, yeah. about the way you spend your money or or whatever. Yeah. And, is that worth it? Um, is that a good... And yeah. so you are, like, kind of editing your life a little bit or, like, um, you know, wondering, like, what will people think? Will they be upset? Yeah. You know, like... Trying to say, oh, that was really cheap. Yeah. Rather than saying, it's like, that was worth it. <laughs> that was worth it. You know, it's like, yeah, we did it the cheapest way we could, you know, or whatever. It's like, it's kind of, it's icky. It's a part I really hate about mystery. Um, but... Um, yeah, so it's a good chapter. Worth it. I think everybody should read the chapter. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for joining us for Two Slant Trees. Yeah. Have a good week.